Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Sit back and enjoy inspirational interviews with Christian fiction and nonfiction authors from around the world who are on fire for God and committed to using writing as a ministry tool. Feel free to follow our show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Christian Authors on Tour or like our Facebook page, the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Well, 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 it is the third Friday of the month. Oh, my goodness. It is the third Friday of the month of March. Can you believe it? (laughs) This is one of your co-hosts, Lynn Pender. I am so excited. Because it's third Friday, I have amazing co-hosts, and one of them is here, Mitzi Carasculo. Mitzi, how are things there in Boston? Is it cold or is it warm? It is, let's see, so hello, Glenn, in Boston today. Okay, we hit 50. That's a heat wave. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Well, listen, we are glad that you are here. I miss you so much. I'm so excited. I follow you and your husband. Looks looks like you guys are doing some great things there, um, Mitzi. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, yes, we're having a fun time preparing for our upcoming food season. Uh, so we have a new yes. food trailer. So we're excited. We're excited. Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations. And hopefully um, Dr. Leroy McKenzie uh, will be joining us a little later on. But until then, we have a phenomenal show. It is Women's History Month, Mitzi. Women's History Month. All month, every day, 31 days. Yes, it is Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month to to you. We have a yes. fabulous yes um, yes, and the same to you and today. Yes, that's what I was just going to say, Missy. I was I was just going to say that it's it's fitting that we have the author that we're scheduled to have today and the phenomenal woman that she has written about. And so I'm really excited. Before we pull her in, though, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping, just a little bit of housekeeping. So Mm -hmm. those of you who follow Christian Authors on Tour, you all know that 2023 is a Christian book tour for us. We have three virtual tours planned, and we have one in-person tour that we are so excited about that is happening December 9th in Washington, D.C. We are taking a journey to the the, the Museum of the Bible, which is, um, as far as I know, the only um, museum, private museum, focused on the Bible in the world. And so you definitely, definitely, definitely want to come and, and, and just journey with us. We're having our Christian Writers Literary Festival there on site at the Museum of the Bible December 9th. We're going to be there all day from 10 to 4. And once you purchase your ticket to attend the event, you'll be able to have free reign of the museum. And so visit our website 
website, www.christianofficeontour.com, to get more information about that. And I think this is Dr. McKenzie. Dr. McKenzie, is that you, sir? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Uh, nice and clear, <laughs> nice and clear. <laughs> nice and clear. We have Missy on the line here, and we're just we're just starting the broadcast. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I know you're here in Baltimore with me. We got a rainy day today, right? Yeah, it just started raining um, this after this afternoon. So yeah, but other than that, it actually uh, it actually feels pretty. It felt pretty nice outside because I had to go out earlier today. Yes. But um, but other than that, other than it starting to rain now, it was actually pretty nice. So. Yes, that's what Missy Missy said. It feels like a heat wave in Boston. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's like 50, I know. 50 degrees feels like a heat They'll wave. Take it. They'll take it. 50 degrees. I got, it's, it's funny, y'all. I have. I have one of my um one of my business associates. She has a contract where she is up in Alaska, y'all. In Alaska. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow! Wow! No complaints here. I was like, I was no like, go with your bad self. I said, because I'm sorry. <laughs> Christian book tour year, and I was telling them about the virtual tour stops that are happening later this year, but really honing in on the in-person stop that we have coming up December 9th at the Museum of the Bible. And so um, <clears throat> then Missy and I had mentioned that March is, is, is Women's History Month, which is befitting yeah. for the author that we have today. And so, yeah. Missy, you want to go yeah. ahead and get us started with her? Yes, yes. Welcome, Therese Taylor Stinson, a retired federal senior program analyst, is formerly an expert in federal regulatory activity and remains on a roster of the federal interagency shared neutrals program as a lead mediator for the equal employment opportunity dispute. Therese is a seasoned spiritual director, an award-winning author, editor, an ordained deacon, and ruling elder in the Presbyterian Church USA as an organizer. Therese won recognition in 2018 as a collaborative bridge builder presented by Grace in Race Incorporated. In the Author Legacy Award for her edited work, Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around, Stories of Contemplation and Justice. Her latest book is titled Walking the Way of Harriet Tubman, Public, Mystic, and Freedom Fighter. Therese is the founding manager, excuse me, the founding manager, member of the Spiritual Directors of Color, Net, Color Network, LTD. She is a certified pastoral caregiver. 
in the Emotional Emancipation Circle facilitator, married to Bernard Stinson. Therese and her husband have one daughter and two granddaughters. Wow, this is so fitting for Women's History Month. Welcome, Therese, to Christian Authors on Tour. Thank you. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. You are literally our, our Women History Month. We're walking in your history, the history that you're bringing before us today. So welcome and tell us all about your books, how you got started. Well, let me tell you this first. It was an adventure. And the the um, actual release date kept getting moved because of trying to uh, shore up historical facts and such. And so um, what was supposed to initially start uh, to be released last April, uh, last year, 2022, um, released on February 14th of this year. So it, it released on Valentine's Day. So I said, well, if I had to wait, I can't think of a better day than Valentine's Day for the book to be released (laughs) because it is an act of love for me um, to have written this book. And also it was Black History Month, so and now here we are in Women's History Month, so everything is falling into place very well. (laughs) Yes, yes. Talk about a love gift. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. This is this is uh, Leroy McKenzie, um, and I want to warm welcome and thank you for joining us today. Um, but my my first question to you is, what got you what got you started writing? What got you started writing? Um, and and wanting to take this this journey that we as writers are, are on. What part have you always been a writer, or is this something that you kind of grew into? Well, Leroy, this could be a long story, <laughs> but I have been um, interested in writing since I was very young and, and seriously considering maybe when I was old enough to get make it a, a you know, a job or something to become a writer. And um, I was reading books uh, like Man, Child in the Promised Land and uh, some of Toni Morrison's work, and I wanted to, and Zora Neale Hurston, and I wanted to be able to write like them. And my favorite poets at the time were Nikki Giovanni and Sonia Sanchez, and I wanted to write poetry wow. and speak it the way they did. And um, and so I would mostly write poems, mostly because poems are short. It wouldn't take me a long time to do it. And I would share them with my friends, and they would often tell me that I should publish them. So at some point I started telling my family members that I thought I might want to be a writer when I start, when I get old enough to, you know, do my own work. And they said, oh, no, you don't want to be a writer. Writers don't make money. <laughs> and uh, so you need to learn how to do something that will uh, keep you able to eat in a uh, roof over your head, <clears throat> and I will say thus far they they're right. You don't get a lot of money for writing, but for me it's an act of love and it's almost a mystical act because sometimes after writing, when I go back and read what I've written, <clears throat> I even think to myself, "Is this me?" <laughs> 
so um, I, I, I uh, went when I was in school, I took a, a writing class with the uh, intention of increasing my grade. And in the writing class, I wrote this poem, and the way the class went is that you would be asked to write something of a certain genre. And um, I was asked to write, we were all asked in the class to write a poem of some sort. And then when you came back to the next class, you would read it to the class, and they would give you a critique of your writing. So I wrote in my best Nikki Giovanni uh, voice this poem and read it to the class, and they loved it. However, my my white um, professor pulled me to the side and said that he would like to see me after class. And after class, he said, I'll give you a B minus for this paper. And he started telling me about um, Longfellow and Browning and uh, I can't think of everybody's name at the, at the moment, but I'm sure you get the point. And, mm-hmm. and so um, he told me if I could go home. <laughs> and use words that were, you know, as wonderful as the words of these writers, that he would bring my grade up. (laughs) So I went home mad. (laughs) But fortunately for me, uh, this is, you know, this is before um, I I eventually went on campus, but at first I was riding the bus back and forth every day, me and my my high school friend who uh, partnered together to go and um and so anyway when i got back uh home my mom always had um encyclopedias and dictionaries and thesauruses all around the house and i and even to this day i love reading the dictionary and i love um finding following the etymology of words but anyway i get i get to the thesaurus and i sit down with my poem and without really any thought, I didn't think about what it sounded like, what the rhythm was like, if I still had that Nikki Giovanni feel or not. I just mm-hmm. took the words that he pointed out were um, less than his approval, and I changed them to words that sound more like Wadsworth or Browning or Frost or somebody like that. <laughs> and I went to class, to the next class, and when I walked in, um, I gave well after class he he asked me to stay again. I gave him the revised poem, and he changed my grade to an A minus. But I did not put any work into it. So um, some years later, I wanted to go back to school, but I knew I would need to be able to write well, and so um, I took another writing class. And something similar happened where um, my white instructor made a comment like, um, you know, good writers um, are always revising what they write. Um, Anybody that writes and then says, you know, I'm really good at this is not a writer or some some little smart remark like that. And so, Mm. you know, I started uh, giving up on writing, actually. Um, so I I didn't write for a while, and, and um, you know, I ended up in a career in the federal government, which I'm doing well because of it. I'm retired now. And, um, and, and uh, I also, before my retirement, because I went to this uh, um, retirement class that they used to give, and the uh, psychologist in the class said, 
that the statistics are that if you um, don't have anything meaningful to do in your life when you retire, you you were likely to be dead in two years. And now the statistic really isn't much better. I think it's three years now. They have, you know, advanced in medical knowledge. But basically if you're not keeping yourself busy, using your mind, have something that keeps you moving, you're not going to live very long. So I decided that um, I wanted to become a spiritual director. I had been involved in um, spirituality for some time and read a book and found out that there was an opportunity to do that here in uh, the Washington, D.C. area where I was born and raised. And so um, I went through a program, and at the end of the pro- which was mostly white, So when I Mm -hmm. uh, came to the end of the program, not that everything they gave us was uh, not good information, but none of it was information that told me about my community or, you Mm. know, the ways I experience the the divine in my community or how others in our community might, um, you know, uh, experience the divine. So um, I wrote a, my, my final paper. We had a choice. We could write a paper about a mystic, and they were all European mystics, and or we could write a paper um, about one of the themes that we had, or we could do a research paper. So I decided um, I was going to do a, a research paper, which was more of an exploration of uh, spirituality from a black perspective. However, when mm. I went to find books, they didn't give us any books to recommend any books that were of people of color. So I start. I had to like you know go find my own books about um, writers that talked about African spirituality or Black spirituality mm-hmm. or the Black Church or uh, mm-hmm. people like Albert Rabato, uh, Barbara Holmes. Um, there was another mm. guy that wrote a book, I can't remember his name, but it was called Beyond Suffering. And it was really the only book um, where there was actually an exploration of what it might have looked like for um, black people doing something called spiritual direction, which that's what we call it now. But, uh, you know, like Frederick Douglass was thought of to be a church father. So, you know, they used words like that rather than spiritual director or something like that. But uh, uh, spiritual Mm -hmm. mothers and fathers, people that you can, and and still do. I know in the black churches, as I have experienced it, um, I had lots of church mothers (laughs) who would help me or answer (laughs) questions for me or tell me Mm -hmm. what would be good for me to do. And so when I wrote this paper, the mentor who was following me through the program told me that my paper was not contemplative because spiritual uh, direction or spiritual guidance is more of a contemplative practice. So um, uh, he tried to tell me that what I was writing about, because I was writing about it from a people of color perspective, that it was not contemplative. And um, the the director of the program, however, who was also a white woman but very more informed than he was, um, was helping me to find, you know, also helping me to find, you know, black voices that could help me write my final paper. And so 
when he said, you know, I hadn't written a contemplative paper, I told him to go back to the director and let her read it and say that. And if she read it and said it, I might consider rewriting my paper. And so I don't know if he ever went to her or not, but in about a week he wrote this uh, little note to me, uh, which was a story about a pianist who composed something and went to Carnegie Hall to play it. And um, he he played it the way he felt it when he wrote it, and nobody in the audience heard it the way he was expressing it um, through his own musical talent. And so, in other words, I guess he was trying to say I could relate that to his uh, uh, response to my first writing. But anyway, I did end up um, writing that paper and having it accepted as my final paper in the spiritual guidance program. And then um, some of my friends who were um, kind of following me and reading as I wrote my paper told me I should publish it. So I published it in Spiritual Directors International uh, Journal, and it published in, um, I think it was December of uh, 2009, uh, December of 2009, Black Spirituality and the Art of Spiritual Direction. Since then, um, because the program didn't have but one other person of color in my cohort and never really had many people, sometimes, many times, I would be the only person of color in the program or there may be one other. Um, I uh, said I wanted to start up, I was in a peer group of all people of color, And so I wanted to start um, a network of people of color where we could share about our own spirituality and how we are affected and how we um, experience the divine and such. And so I started a network called the Spiritual Directors of Color Network. And about uh, three years or so, three or four years in, we decided we want, we were all along trying to think, do we want to start our own program or do we want to write a book? No one knows who we are. We decided to write a book called Embodied Spirits. And um, and um, I was one of uh, three editors on that book and realized that the editing I was doing was much the same as what I was doing in the federal government. So um, I, I did a good portion of the work for that first book it published, and then I wanted to do an editing on my own, and so the second book was Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around, and it was when all of the, I can't even remember all the names of the people, but I'm sure you remember all of the time, all of the deaths that were happening um, Michael Brown, I think it was, and I, the people before George Floyd, the the um, the um, riot that happened in um, Missouri, and all all of those things. I wanted to write about that from a spiritual perspective of people of color. So other members in the network wrote chapters. I wrote chapters, and that was published. And to my surprise, someone invited me to come to a, a a dinner where they were going to give awards to books that they considered to be exemplar, and I won an award uh, for that book. And then um, we had a third book that we wrote where I was just one of the contributors to the book that one of our other 
group members was the actual author for the book. And in that book we wrote, I wrote, partnered with another person, and we wrote a chapter on um, internal liberation. So I know I'm going on for a while. I told you this would probably be a long story. But, what, you know, after going through, I uh, started being involved with the Community Healing Network, and I went through their program along with the Association of Black Psychologists and, they, and got certified as an Emotional Emancipation Circle facilitator, eventually found someone that I really connected with. And during the pandemic, we had a very good um, program that we put on for two years um, in that. And in doing all of that, and also I led a, a, a pilgrimage to the eastern shore uh, on Harriet Tubman, I actually start the book out with one of the mystical experiences I thought I had um, during that time. And um, as I got to know Harriet better, as I um, got to found out more about Howard Thurman, which was another one of the people that I was reading for my final paper for the program that I went through, the more I learned about Thurman talking about finding the genuine in oneself and listening and reading um, and hearing Harriet's story and all of the obstacles that she had to overcome. And yet not only did she overcome obstacles, she never lost anybody that she tried to take the freedom. In spite of her brain injury and all of that, she found her way to freedom. And then from the eastern shore to Pennsylvania in the beginning, but then going further and further north because the slave catchers were after her and and the people that she had with her. And she did, was able to do that and have narcoleptic seizures where she would go into sleeping trances and come out of those trances and know where she was supposed to go next or if they were supposed to go in a different direction. All of that sounded like mysticism to me. All of that sounded like African spirituality to me. All of that sounded like what it meant to be in community with your people. And so I wanted to write about her. I wanted to learn the things that she did in her story that I could write in my story and encourage all of us to find that internal liberation in ourselves. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. So so if folks want to purchase Walking the Way of Harriet Tubman, Public Mystic and Freedom Fight. How can they do that? If they want to invite you out to speak, uh, to share that dynamic history, how can they do that? So you can uh, find my book on Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com, and it's probably in, um, uh, uh, I forget the name of the the stores, the only other bookstore really that we have these days. Uh, but um, I know it's on Amazon. And Broadleaf Books, you can uh, go through Broadleaf Books. I I can give you an email address, um, Taylor Stinson, okay. this is all one word, T-A-Y-L-O-R-S-T-I-N-S-O-N, um, the number two at Earthlink. Yes, I do have Earthlink <laughs> at, at earthlink.net. 
If you uh, want, you can um, send me a note. If you want a signed copy, I can. I do have some copies of the book. I'm having. I have. I belong to an interfaith group, and we're supposed to be having a gathering soon around the book, and so I'm going to need to keep some of these books for them to get get themselves. But I have enough books that I could send a few out signed if somebody wants a signed copy of the book. And um, I'm I, I still I'm uh, I'm slipping on the name of the store. I know you know uh, the the store because only Am- Amazon has pretty much taken over the book business. <laughs> and, Barnes um, and Noble is it Barnes and Noble? Is it Barnes? Thank you. <laughs> okay, you're welcome. Yes, Barnes and Noble. You will be able to find it there. And Broadleaf Books, that's the publisher for this book. They also have copies of the book. So you can also go wow. to um, my spiritual direction directors, uh, spiritual directors of color network, which is https colon slash slash sdc network, all one word. Um, dot org, and you can go there and just browse around and find out more about our network. But also, and you can go to our membership page and find a spiritual director if you want. But also, we have a, a store there where you will see my book and some other books of people in the network that have written, and some of the books that I've told you that we've uh, um, published together over time. Um, if you're interested as well, so if you go to the, my, if you go to the website and you go to our store, um, the links will be where they sell the books. Uh, the the authors sell the books, so you will see a link for mine with Amazon. Well, thank you so much. Wow, this has been a treat. We are out of time, but we're so thankful that we had the opportunity to talk with you, and we're going to have to invite you back. <laughs> I'll be happy to come back. I know I talked a long time though. <laughs> Any no, but that's why, that's why we about had how you I here. became a writer. <laughs> Anytime that question well, comes I'm... up about how did I become a writer, it's a long story. <laughs> and and it's a welcome story, so we're so glad you shared it. <laughs> And Leroy yeah. and Mitzi is always you're welcome. Leroy and Mitzi is always a pleasure. Always, always, ladies, and happy um, (laughs) National Women's History Month to all the to to each of you as well too. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) And for our listening audience, thank you for tuning in to the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. We are here the first, the third, and the fourth Friday every month. 